want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why, hello, and welcome to issue 686 of Geek in the City Radio. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Dorian. I'm one of your other hosts, Vinarita. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashitani. One day, I actually will introduce myself as Aaron Duran. I go, like, even I do not say my own name correctly anymore. It's, I mean, you never did, so. I know. And you're how old? Like, that's, that's, that's decades old. of, of, yeah. you know. It, it takes a long Doing time to, one way. to yeah. relearn how to say your name. It's like, it does. Like, I'm, I'm actually very happy about this. Like, that's the only way Jen says my name now. Mm-hmm. But there'll be times where I'll be like, who? <laughs> you know, I, I have him? I have been trying to make a concerted effort to pronounce your name um, when introducing you to new people. I definitely do better then. Yep. Yeah. Like at Emerald City, I, that's all I did. Great. It was so much easier. I mean, I commend you because like that's it's really hard for me. Like I know that I do have like some of that like Spanglish where like in the moment I will alternate between English and Spanish in the same mm-hmm. sentence. But um in the way that I don't have a Mexican accent when I speak English and I don't have an English accent when I speak Spanish, right? It's hard for me to only like to intentionally It's okay if you sound like a gringo when you say it. I mean, I sound like a gringo all the time. It's just It's my resting bitch white girl voice. <laughs> resting gringa face voice? <laughs> resting gringa voice. Resting gringa. <laughs> yeah, that is what it that is. That sounds like a really like chill yoga pose. Resting gringa. <laughs> resting gringa. What is going on with the color on all of us? Well, I had to turn off the overhead lights because for some reason, the glare. Yeah, but I usually try to at least match. And I I can tell I've got my light on the wrong setting because my background is gray. Uh, nope, that's... Yeah. You should go to the brown then, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm is, on that That is so setting. weird. His lamp is warmer than mine, and I'm coming in with a green background like you. Mm-hmm. Except your background is the gray. It like, should be gray. It's this background. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's probably the camera. The, the camera. Oh, yeah, that's different. what The camera it is. has a setting. Evening, Brad. Nice to have you join us. Um, yeah, we're going to banter a little bit, but later on, we are going to be joined by Dana Ebert of TPK Brewing, yes. which is going to be super cool. We're very, they're going we're to, very excited. Yeah, they're joining us remotely. We are, of course, broadcasting from Guardian Games. Yes, we are. 
live from Guardian Games. Live from Guardian Games. Live from the back room of Guardian Games. The only time the tables get cleaned is during show day. (laughs) Well, this this is also true. Was that That's meant to be secret? And I should bleed it in the podcast. <laughs> oh no, no, it should not be secret. No, I do want him to bleed it in the podcast uh, because people who aren't listening live will never know what he actually said. <laughs> that used to be our favorite bit back when Scott Daly and I did Film Fever Radio was to just randomly bleep ourselves when we were having like fake arguments or like debates about <laughs> filmmakers mm-hmm. and. We never said anything bad at all. Uh, it was just fun to put in the bleeps. I, I think um, what is it that becomes funnier when you bleep it out is uh, Muppets. Muppets are really <laughs> funny when you bleep them. Right. <laughs> so does a lot of the stuff that Worf says in TNG. Yes. Uh, I've seen videos of that of like, yeah, they bleep Worf a lot for no reason. Oh, my God. Um so real quick, yeah. I want to touch on, you've said wharfs, now I want to touch on Picard. But after that, I would like um, a couple after action reports from you, having gone to Emerald City, and from you, who got to see Awakenings in Vegas. Yes! Um, but first, on to, uh, yeah, the count when he bleeps in, yeah. is also funny. Um, so Picard, are you caught up with Picard? Hell yes, are I you, am. Are you caught up with season three, Picard? I am not, but we can totally talk okay. about it. Well, I just want to touch on the fact that, um, so Worf, it, like, it's no secret that the entire cast of TNG is in this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Denise Crosby is in here somewhere. It's going to be uh, real fun to see where she's going to show up. Uh, if she is, she's playing it up that she was not included because she has said some things. She's like, I don't know why I didn't get the call. Huh. Okay. So I anyway. don't know. I mean, they wrote her out of in the in the original. Her mother is still out there and alive. Mm. Her Romulan mother. Mm. Well, no, her as a Romulan. Never yes. mind. Her, half her human, half Romulan. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Worf shows up in full glory by episode three. God damn, he does. Um, and his introduction when he walks in and, and says who he is, it's like it's not only his name. And his title, but it, it is a list of his accomplishments. That's all. It's like, yeah, that's normal Klingon honorifics. It's like, I'm Worf, son of Moog, House of Martok, it's, bane um, of the Duras family, <laughs> killer of Gowron. Yeah, he's like, I am Worf, son of Moog, uh, of the House of Mortok, Martok, raised by the yeah. House Roshenko. Yeah, uh, um, son of Sergei, son House of Rish- son House of Sergei, House Roshenko. Um, Bane to the, the Bane of the Duras family and Slayer of Gowron, <laughs> and then follows that up like Beat. Would you like some tea? Tea. <laughs> um, there was another thing he says too that just like even out of context is fucking hilarious, which is beheadings are on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, you gonna just, behead me today? I just beheadings are on Wednesday. It's like, you know, you, you're Klingons. You do this, you do that. Beheadings on Tuesday. Beheadings are on Wednesday. It's like, get it right. Uh, but it was that beat of like, when the fuck did Worf get a sense of humor? I think we're going to find out. That is brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. He, this is funny Worf. And I also have to say, so far, the probably 20, 25 minutes of Worf 
that I got in episode three is now the show that I want to watch for the rest of the time because I'm not as thrilled with what's going on with Picard. Right. In I, his own show. I kind of mm. want Worf and Riker to get their own show and just be the odd couple on a ship. Oh, man. <laughs> that, I, I, don't, I don't want Worf and Riker. Like, I'm fine with Riker. I, I love Riker. But, man, this pairing of Worf and Rafi, it's like mm-hmm. I didn't know I wanted the, the same way I didn't know I wanted Picard and Seven. I right. didn't know I wanted uh, Worf so, and Rafi. And now that's all I want. That does so a couple cool things. First off, apparently Michael Dorn First off, he had to be convinced a lot to take to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's apparently one of the hardest ones to get back. And he was like, I don't care that Worf's older. He was they they could not sell him on the gray hair. And they're like, let's just do it once and show you how it looks like. Mm-hmm. And they did it to him. He's like, they had me look at myself and I went, oh, yeah. I am perfectly fine with this. <laughs> it's gorgeous. All white hair. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Like it, he's perfect. Yeah. There's there's something really um satisfying about like all white but still very full oh, yeah. hair. Um I really hope they reveal in this season that sometime in his past he became a Dahar master. Oh, I'm I'm sure that's because he come acts up. like he acts like one now with his he more does. like I do not wish to fight, but if you force it, you're all going to die. Yeah. What means this Dahar Master? It's the equivalent of like the it's the highest form of Klingon martial arts, and very few people can become Dahar Masters. It's just yep. it's very hard to achieve. On Deep Space Nine, they had brought back the the old Klingons from the original series, uh, Kankor and Koloth. Yeah. And Kor Kor was a Dahar Master. Yeah. That was part of the thing that they wrote about him. Yeah. So he was the last person that Worf knew that was a Dahar master. So it makes sense mm-hmm. that he would travel down that same path. So the other thing I noticed that was pretty cool, <clears throat> and I think Jerry Ryan finally said, like, you, you finally caught on to this. Good. If you watch all the ways that Seven, like, stands, like, on her own or mm-hmm. with other people or, like, at a doorway – she studied how Kate Mulgrew as Janeway stood. And she's like, Janeway was Seven's like mentor and mother figure, like everything. Janeway was everything to Seven. So she's like, of course Seven would adopt all of her mannerisms. Yeah. And now I can't unsee it because they started doing side-by-side comparisons. I'm like, holy crap, she is. Yeah. Jerry Ryan is... I think what frustrates me about Picard so far this season, and I will watch it and see where everything goes, but so far, um, Picard, Riker, and Crusher are not quite themselves. And I get that they're supposed to be older versions of themselves, and there's a lot of stress going on, but their interactions are like, yeah, this is fine drama. I get why this is dramatic and and Uh why this works, except I know these characters, and this seems out of character for them. Seven, on the other hand, and Worf are true to form. They are the exact versions of themselves. I think years, you know. Down yeah, I think Picard, Riker, and and Crusher, they're jarring. But I think 
that's a an intentional choice. I I, um, I figured it was, and that's why I say. And I think um, it gets it's going to get yeah. revealed. Like remember when Riker first joins Picard, he's like, "Don't you want to go back to the planet with your daughter and Deanna?" And Riker's like, "They'll be happy with some space right now." Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say it with like a smile. It's like the one time he's really serious. I'm like, okay, something has happened. Mm. Yep. Um. So far, it feels like Crusher's the one who's been put through the ringer in the last 20 years. Yeah, she does. 30. Is it 30? Because yeah. Picard said I haven't seen her in 20. Oh, is it? I thought he said 30 years. But at least they established... Oh, wait, never mind. That's spoilery. Yeah. I mean, everyone knew it, but yeah. it's, it, it wasn't made explicit until the end of episode two. Yeah. Um, is it Captain Shaw? Yeah. I love him. I didn't realize I forgot he was part of he's part of a real play group. Mm-hmm. I totally spaced on that. Yeah, uh, that actor's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And like I've seen him in other things, but he's he's doing very well with what he like. I like that people are like, oh, he's another Jellico. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't think you folks understand that most of Starfleet are Jellicos and Shaws. They yeah. are not Kirks. They are not Picards. They are not Janeways. They are not Cisco's. Right. That's why people know these people's names. It's also why, like, Picard gave Spock shit when he met Spock. For cowboy diplomacy. Cowboy diplomacy. He's mm-hmm. like, you can't go running around just doing whatever the fuck you want. Um, and to have another Starfleet captain confront Picard with the same, you boys got to knock this shit off because whenever you show up, everything blows up. Yeah, the you're parties. all about gunfights and, and and explosions. It's like, well, Riker has oh. a thing. It's like you are speaking to an admiral, and Shaw's like retired yep. admiral, retired. Yep, retired <laughs> admiral and a captain without a ship. ship. Ooh, uh, Brad, you're right. That's where I totally space on that. So that actor who Shaw played Von Richten, Rudolf Von Richten in the Black Dice Society real oh. play when nice. they brought him in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm digging the hell out of it. Um. And fucking Amanda Plummer just chews every bit of scenery she's on. Yep. And I love, even though there's no way she's related to General Chang. No. Uh, I love that she is intentionally doing the chair spearing just mm-hmm. like her dad. Yep. <laughs> I keep waiting for her to cry, just yell like, cry havoc and unleash the dogs of war. Yeah, I, great. I, I think that's what it is about the majority of that show is they seem to be rehashing a bunch of things that we have seen before in Trek, and I can't figure out why. Unless it's deliberate, like, no, we're we're finally ending the next generation with a remix of everything that we've ever done. I think they are. Like, I'm not going to say end of season three or episode three, you find out who the villains are. Uh And I had suspicions, but I like the little twist they put on it. Mm -hmm. Um. They have no real TNG connection. And they said, like, um, the sins of TNG is what's coming back to haunt Picard at all. So. Well, th- that's, be- I mean, there are still pl- two players that we know of that are in this that haven't shown up yet. And that's Lore and Moriarty. We're assuming it's Lore. It could also be B4. I mean. But it's probably Lore. You're it right. It is probably Lore, considering the line of dialogue that Jordy gives. Right. But you're right. That could be a mystery. Yeah, it, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, 
it's it's been a lot of fun. So I'm I'm super. Yeah, I I'm I'm frustrated, but I'm open. Worf is really helping. Yeah, this has definitely been the strongest Picard opener like of all the seasons for me so far. Yeah, I was fine with the opening. The first episode, I was locked. But that second episode, I'm like, why are you doing Wrath of Khan again? <laughs> oh, well, oh, right. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, all yeah. of it. It is Wrath of Khan and Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. It is both of those things. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, we don't want to go too much because yeah. Bean has... How much? Have you watched it at all yet? No, I've been... The last two, oh, three weeks have been so hectic. I saw the night. first episode. I know I saw the first episode, <laughs> yeah. but that's uh, that's it. Okay. But how was ECCC? CC. Uh, it was good. Um, it was different. Unlike San Diego, where I went down there thinking I'd have a publisher <laughs> and then having to spend like four days on my own. Mm. Like this time I knew what I was going up to Emerald City for. You know, it was, there was no pressure. There was no assumption that I would be doing certain things. I knew I had a couple of panels that were very fun. Um, I got to say hi to a lot of folks that I, funny, like I live in Portland. We all live in the same city, but we don't talk until we go to shows mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I, I had a signing. <laughs> Actually, Why do you no, seem confused have, after the fact? Uh, because it was confusing. I, I don't. Um, you know what? I have no problem airing this because this has got nothing to do with my crew, marketing only. They're all amazing. The person who ran the panel was amazing. Uh, I put this blame fully on Reed Pop, and I have called out Reed Pop all the time. Like it's no anyone who works in comics doesn't like Reed Pop. They just mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the authors in this panel. So it's not just me being like, no, I'm getting screwed. We all got screwed. Um, everyone on this panel, every writer, we had a we had a, then a signing right afterwards, and Reed Pop put us in the celebrity signing area. Well, that's that is odd. completely cut off from the con. No one, no one just wanders the celebrity signing area unless they have booked their autograph or photography session. Right. They just don't. That's all it exists for. Mm-hmm. And Reed Pop put us there um and then that that makes total sense yeah uh there were no books provided at the signing area the place the only place that was selling all of our books because by the way there were no publishers there none like there was no no only no no image no dark horse no boom no idw no one was there wow uh and from what i've heard that was because read pop fucked up again um which was my big fear when they bought ECC. I was like, okay, here we go. You're going to become a celebrity farm. Mm. Um, if you wanted to get a copy of Season of the Bruja at Emerald City, you had to go about 500 feet away from the signing area to find the one bookstore who had a booth who sponsored our panels to find the book there. Mm, no. And that was everyone, by the way. No, I'm just, and again, yeah. I'm not being like, oh, woe is me. That was everyone. Um, I, you, you would... I probably could have sold more shoving like 10 copies in my backpack and just taking cash as I walked. Because everyone's like, where can I buy your book? I'm like, there's this one bookseller. And there's no shade on them. They did 
a fine job, but like also no one like <laughs> you lose people that way. Like, oh, I gotta go and come back. Yeah, yeah. People at cons are usually on a schedule too. They're like, I'm gonna, I've given myself ten minutes to go to this signing. Mm-hmm. Um, can I get a book here? No, sorry, you have to go to this bookstore to get it. Um. I, I I don't need. I don't know why we didn't do a signing at the bookstore booth. That seemed also weird. I don't know who that's on. Um, whose bookstore was it? Uh, um, Capitol Hill Books. Okay, so it was a local shop. It was a local yeah. shop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of them. Mm-hmm. They at were a, all perfectly nice at a convention. Who normally pays for the books so that there can be a signing? Uh, with with the artists well, and authors, generally the publisher oh, comes up with the book, so they didn't really pay anything. It's mm-hmm. their stock, right? But uh, if, like, but if none of if the, the convention screws up in such a way that there is no room for publishers to show up, yeah. Like contractually, I can sell trades and single issues as long as Oni isn't there selling as well. Like, like in this example, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like. So, like, if I'd have known months and months ago that Oni wasn't going to go, that Read Pop was going to screw over all of those publishers, I probably would have ponied up and teamed up with someone for a half table. Mm. Because, not to be all, like, tooting my horn, but I probably would have made a decent amount of money selling single issues and trades mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my own half table. Right. Well, and then it would have given you a defined space to, uh, you know, interact with people where people could come find you. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Um, this bookstore is just their regular stocks, wherever they order from, uh, they had it, you know, so I signed all their copies too. So they can't send them back now. <laughs> <laughs> I said, do you want me to sign a couple of them? And the manager was like, you know what? I really like your book. It's doing really well. Just sign them all. I'm not going to send any back. Nice. So yeah. Smart well, considering they still have books and it has to go into a second printing. It is in, yeah, I don't know what the status is of that. So, um, yeah. Hey, Portland be sold out. Yeah. Except Powell's. Because um, they're hiding them. Because they're hiding them. I get people who text or like message me and they're like, I went to Powell's, like, you, they didn't see your book. You said they have a lot. I was like, did you go to the first reader toddler section? Because that's where it's at. <laughs> I can't believe they still haven't like figured that shit out. Powell didn't give a fuck. I'm a little comic book guy. Have you seen Powell's? It's a city. It's a city of books. <laughs> yeah. It well, says so uh, on the tin. Uh, their city planning commission uh, leaves something to be desired. Yeah. There, there are city really of books in, within the city of Portland, and the city of Portland is no role model when it comes to civic planning. Right. It's, well, yeah, that, you got me there. It's enough about me, though. Because we're going to have our guest on pretty yeah. soon here. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Awakenings. Oh, my God, you guys. I I feel bad. I got to be right back. I couldn't. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Tell me be. about Awakenings. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's magnificent. It is, it is huge. I, I think Kelly Sue used to describe it as a spectacle. The mm-hmm. way like Cirque du Soleil and other shows like that are a spectacle. And I've been to a handful of Cirque shows and I was not prepared for this. Okay. Um, none of this is particularly new, but now I can describe it firsthand. The The whole performance is done in a theater that was built for it, uh, and they do it in the round. 
Okay. So that means there's 360 degrees of seats. Mm -hmm. There's multiple places for um, performers and equipment to come in and out uh, through. And I am not kidding when I'm telling you that's like from below ground all the way up the sides and the ceiling and then like up away into the ceiling stuff is coming and going and there are lights and one point there were like flames shooting and i could feel the heat coming off of these like bursts of flame how close were you to the stage not very okay (laughs) i had a good seat for um like being able to really like take it all in because again like all the way up and down and 360, mm-hmm. um, but not a great seat for like getting all of the the finer details and the expressions on the performers. Um, but there are some really big elements to the show, and so like, I got to see them from like a very like broad perspective. There is a there is a scene. Um, they, they travel to these different realms, right? As part of the story. Right. It, because it's a very cosmic story. Yes. Right. Uh, it's it's a myth. It's a new myth, essentially. Um, they travel to an, a, a place that's very, like, Earth-centric. Mm-hmm. And there are... Um, it was my favorite of the realms. Uh, I didn't expect that. Um, there's, like, these formations everywhere that look like mossy rocks and dead trees and stuff. And then at some point, this is a little bit spoilery. I, I hope doesn't ruin it for anyone. I'm trying not to give you too much, but it's just it was my favorite as part. I, I feel as though that this is an experience you could tell us every single story point, and it still does not do justice to the fact that you have to see it for yourself. Right. You have you have to see it. Um okay. so uh at some point the set starts moving, all of those different like dead trees start moving, mm-hmm. and it becomes this huge just enormous like a like a tree person it's like from the torso up two arms a big old head and it must have been like the size of a house um there's there are so many like breathtaking moments uh, i just i want to see it like a million times okay cool and i met some of the performers afterwards and they are just like the sweetest nicest young uh, little artists you could ever meet. Right. Yeah, it's another reason why I want to go to Vegas because, you know, yeah. Haunted Museum and eventually 24-7 Haunted House from Universal. What? Did I never tell you? Okay, we have to talk about this off mic because our guest has arrived. Okay. Very well. Before we welcome our guest onto the show, this is a good time to talk about our sponsors. Uh, first up is Guardian Games 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Not only do we get to record our show in that fantastic store. Um, people get to play test games and, you know, try out new products, stuff like that. They have a really extensive, um, like, rent out. I don't know how to say it. It's like a board game library, but you're not leaving the store. Like, you have to play it there. But if you go back into their player section um, in the towards the back of the store, you will see hundreds of, of board games that are available for you to play. I think you just have to kind of like leave your ID at the front desk at the checkout counter, you know, so you don't walk off with the game. But, you know, there are so many games out there. And even though you will read a ton of reviews that maybe give it amazing recommendations, it still not be, still not may, yeah, wow, whoo. It still may not be to, you know, your playing style or the type of game you actually enjoy. So get some of your friends together. And try out one of the board games in their board game library. Find out if it's a game you really think you'll enjoy and will play. Um, that's just one of the great ways that Guardian Games supports you, 
the customer, the community, and the gaming world at large. So go in there and, you know, maybe when you're borrowing one of those games, say, hey, I heard about this on Geek in the City Radio. That that helps out a lot. It really, really does. So, yeah, do that. Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And before we get back to it, a big thanks to Revnat of Revnat's Hard Cider, who has been with us for a long time. Um, he's got some cool things coming down the horizon that uh, I do not believe we on the show are at liberty to say yet. Uh, the only hint I can give is that if you are enjoying the Saturday speakeasies at the Cidery, uh, where he makes a cider, um, that may be happening on a more regular basis. And that's all I will say at this time. So yeah, check them out. He's still got New Moon Mandarin, the seasonal cider. Um, you know, there's some, there, a new seasonal's on the way. We're getting close. I don't know what it is yet, but you'll find out in addition to all their amazing selections. So please check them out. Uh, Rebnat's Hard Cider, you, he still does free delivery in the metro area, and you can find them at all the finer bottle shops and grocery stores around. So check them out. Rebnat's Hard Cider, a longtime friend and sponsor of the show, which we're getting back to right now with Dana Ebert of TPK Brewing. So here we are. We are welcoming on Dana Ebert of TPK Brewing. Hello. Hey, uh, I mean, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. My time is yours. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but it would be weird to bring you on and be like, now listen what we're doing. <laughs> it would not be the first time we've done that. I know. This is true. I, we're trying to fix Honestly, that. Honestly, I've done a lot of interviews at this point, and uh, that would be the first time. I think it'd be really fresh. Oh, let's ignore her then and go back to her. No, <laughs> Jump in whenever you feel like you can relate. Denise, would you like to give our guest a formal introduction? Yes. All right. Uh, Dana Ebert is a local writer, game designer, and voice actor. Best known for her contributions to Paizo's Pathfinder RPG. Dana also voices the character Penny Farthing on the RPG podcast, The League of Ultimate Questing. And today she is joining us to talk about Portland's future TTRPG tap room, an inclusive community space that'll be on the Hawthorne Strip, TPK Brewing. Woo! <sighs> Welcome. That Dana. was great. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. I'm new at uh, I'm new at these, and uh, I am like, oh, I hope I'm like telling all the important stuff. <laughs> Denise has been really honing her skills on guest introductions. <laughs> We're really happy about it. So yes, it's been great. And we're super excited to have you on. I'm excited to be on. So <laughs> we, we all Sorry, tried. I'm doing some, am doing um, some audio adjusting over okay. here. But. So let's let's start with a little bit of background before we get into TPK. Uh, it's uh, from what I've gleaned, your your sort of biggest passion out of all of these different things that you do is is writing, is storytelling, primarily in the gaming world. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. I am a longtime avid role player. I've been playing uh, since I was a kid and never stopped. And my dream was always to work in this industry. And in 2019, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And so uh, historically, my career has been in marketing. But uh, back then, I started making that shift. And now I've been doing it for a few years. And we have TPK. That is really cool. Um Marketing actually seems like a nice place to pivot into role-playing because it's 
they actually have some more related things that I think people don't don't realize. <laughs> you know, oh, hooking, absolutely. Hooking the players quickly, keeping them engaged, keeping them going, keeping them coming back. They have they have some parallel skills and talents that are required for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I like to say that I'm very good at the pitch. And uh, sometimes writing the actual thing that I pitched is a little harder, but uh, <laughs> I can give a really good like three sentence summary. I may need to hire you then because that's the exact <laughs> opposite of me. I can write an amazing story and on the pitch, I'm like, well, this is fucking cool. <laughs> like, that's not true. You have you you like, that, pitch, like conceptual thingies in like a two sentence description and, that, it, and it becomes a story. It's true, but that takes a lot. You don't see all the work behind the scenes that it took me to do that. <laughs> So Dana, which comes first, like the the pitch or the concept, like the the, the bigger? How do you um, how do you? For for me, it actually is is the pitch. Whether I'm creating a new setting or a character or something, uh, especially like a, an adventure, I usually come up with just in a few few sentences, like selling it. And if I like that concept, I'll move forward and figure out what that looks like in a more detailed way. But uh, but I very much lead from that, and um, yeah. That's really cool. Um, what is it about? I like to ask this of everyone that kind of makes a thing of TTRPGs. Like, what is what is what initially drew you to role playing? Mm, um, that's a that's a big question, and it's this a great is always one. the answer. This is always the reaction we get too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's definitely it's multifaceted, and uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot is the kind of power of collaborative storytelling, but then also just getting to inhabit a character uh, in, in kind of a deep way and do that role playing. Um, I am a, a big fan of character acting and and bleed, and it's no surprise I was a bit of a theater kid, um, though I did not pursue that in the in the long term. But um, and that's also why I enjoy voice acting is it's uh, it's a way to do that. And, um, you know, I am I'm almost 40, not have to run around. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you get involved with, first I would say like, so TBK is opening, uh, spring is kind of the. uh, Yeah. So um, TPK is opening right now. It's entirely based on the construction timeline. Mm-hmm. And uh, so originally we were shooting for like, like originally meaning a year ago, we were shooting for kind of March or April of this year. Currently we're kind of looking at midsummer, but I also wouldn't be surprised if that slipped to September, but it's definitely opening this year. Right. Yeah, no, I just, uh, especially right now, timeline, especially with construction. Um, I know a lot of places that are pushing back a lot of things Yeah. Mm-hmm. that some, I, that maybe was supposed to have happened last year. And they're like, can't find the contractor or they're booked way out. So that's a, that's a huge issue going on everywhere right now, for sure. Right. And, and sometimes you're about to pour, you know, the last uh, part of the, the concrete foundation and there's a cold snap and suddenly Portland is covered in snow and ice for a week, you know? Yeah. Right. Jeez. Strangely specific. Oh, example. I thought you were going to say something like, and all your pipes explode. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about the plumbing, but it's going to be in tip top shape when we open. <laughs> Uh, so I I know that uh, speaking of like all the construction and stuff, uh, the building that you guys are uh, moving into is the old Tabor Bread Building. 
Yes, yeah. So uh, so it is the old Tabor Bread building. Uh, a lot of people that are familiar with Tabor Bread know that they moved this last December. Uh, they also have a new owner. And so the old owner um, was ready re- to retire. So she sold her business and she sold the building and we were the ones that bought the building. And uh, it's a it's a lovely, lovely little spot. It's a great location and it's so cute. It's a great location. And on the outside, it already kind of has like an old timey tavern look feel. already. Mm-hmm. And then that, the big yeah. wood burning oven inside. That's going to look yeah. awesome. Yeah. And we've been saying from the beginning, uh, like we're leaving that oven in there and nice. it's going to be going to be part of our front room. Um, the old owner was really happy to hear that. And it is. It's a very cute little building. We just need we need to move a few things around and we need uh, we're actually adding a mezzanine level to it because we need it to be a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, that's. I mean, there are worse problems to have than knowing you need it to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I was curious. Like, did you like? Was it just sort of serendipitous? You this building, you heard about it, then like that would be perfect for the idea that we're working on. Or were you shopping around? Were there like runner-up spaces? There's so many cool places to to yeah, convert. Yeah, we. This town. Uh, at the time it went up for sale, we had been looking for a building. That's where we were in our in our business journey. And we'd looked at a lot of places. A lot of them were not quite right. Um, and it's funny because Elliot actually, or Elliot, our CEO, actually remembered um, seeing that building, you know, like a year before and wondering if it was for sale. And it, it wasn't at the time. But then while we were looking, it came up and it's just, it's too charming. It's honestly <laughs> probably the the smallest that, uh, we could have gone for what we're planning to do because we have to fit a brewery in the back of it still. But, <laughs> right. Um, but it's yeah, it has that old timey look. It has so much character, and then that that front room with the the reclaimed wood uh, like beams and everything. It's gorgeous. I'm just gonna want to hang out there, let alone drink beer and 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 game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's the hope. Uh, <laughs> Like any any tables that we're not running games at at that moment, like I want people to hang out and, uh, yeah, we'll have all kinds of things going on too. Yeah, actually, that's that. that's a really good segue. Um, beyond, because I feel like anyone can be like, oh yeah, we're opening like a you know a, a fantasy themed tavern where people are going to play role playing games. Like that's not saying that isn't cool, but like that isn't the most original kind of concept. What what you all are doing is a bit different. Yes, people can come in and, and game, um, but you've all created an original fantasy world with like a living story that people can be a part of. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, when you say that, a lot of things come to mind. Portland itself has a lot of D&D pop-ups. Uh, the mm-hmm. first one was Orcs, Orcs, Orcs a number of years ago, which is currently on hiatus. Uh, currently, there's Dungeons and Flagons. There's Goblin Up over at Wayfinder, and um, if you haven't looked those up, you should you should look them up. They're they're yeah. all a little different. They're all great, but um, historically, the way that those work is they do takeovers or pop ups in in bars or breweries, mm-hmm. uh, typically once a month. Orcs is doing twice a month for a while, mm-hmm. um, but you know at, at that cadence, people will come in and typically all play their games at the same time, and it's it's kind of a, a big loud. Uh, it can be overwhelming type of event, and it's like going um, into like the, the like the gaming room at like GameStorm. Oh, it's fun, yeah. but it's overwhelming and from a volume stance. You're like, that's so loud. At, at present, we're recorded. Uh, we're <laughs> broadcasting from Guardian Games, and I can tell you that 
that exact thing is going on in the bar right now yes. with Adventures we, League. Yeah, we happen to time our show being live the same time as D&D Adventure League. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, there's Guardians not enough amazing. soundproofing in the world. <laughs> yeah, every time we open the door, you hear all of the kids <laughs> at the kids' league. Yeah. So that's hilarious. And um, and so yeah, so I, uh, you know, if if you're a paid dungeon master in in Portland, we all know each other. If you're a TTRPG mm-hmm. professional, we all know each other. And uh, and so I I was a DM at Orcs. Um, a lot of the people that do these other things were too. And so um, there is kind of this this shared uh, DNA in in you know how we do what we do. But what makes TPK a little bit different is that we're going to have full time game masters on staff, so people will be able to book their games through our website um, at you know at a time that works for them. It won't be as overwhelming. There won't be as many people in the space, and um, and that's going to allow us to create our content, which is in an original setting. And we're also going to have storylines that take place like three months at a time. And that's how it's going to work is people are actually going to subscribe to those storylines. And, uh, and I could go further into that, but uh, I just, I also feel ready. (laughs) I also want to say that um, while that's our kind of flagship experience that we're trying to curate, uh, people can also just book one shots or book other role-playing games um, if they just want to come in and play it. But um, but yeah, so our, our storylines will take place uh, over three months. It will include five adventures and a um, and kind of a finale event. And so mm-hmm. it's roughly playing every two weeks. And for that finale event, everyone who participated is actually invited to come and participate in um, like one kind of big collaborative storyline event. Uh, that's all I can really say without spoiling things. It'll be different every time, but. You could just uh, use like the MCU analogy, like, look, this group is Guardians of the Galaxy, this group is that, but after yeah. those games, we're, we're it's end game. Right. And that's what I'm hoping for is it's we're also it's this you know. persistent shared world. And so yeah. uh, adventuring parties will have names. People will know uh, you know, who the other ones in the area are. Like they're they're gonna be posted somewhere in our space. I haven't quite figured it out. And then um the other thing that I would add is if people want to play even more than that, uh, we are going to have a physical quest board uh, in, in the gaming area with like hooks for one shots um, in the world that people can kind of decide, hey, we want to do this one. And uh, it'll be, you know, something that an NPC in in one of the towns will will have seen or need someone to do. And uh, there'll be there'll be things to explore. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. And uh, the other, I'm sorry, if you just want me to keep talking. I no, will. but I feel like I feel like our co-host Denise is like chomping at the bit to say something. <laughs> just like so many interesting things that you're sharing right now. Uh, but but uh, to sidetrack for a second, one of the things I definitely want to know is like, what if I'm not right now looking <clears throat> for uh, a campaign or even one shots? What if, what if someone just wanted to just have like a LARPy-ish kind of time at, at TPK? Because it's going to be all thematic, right? Like, what if one day yeah. I'm like, you know what? I could really go for a D&D tavern style night out. Yeah, because you're stuck in my game right now. <laughs> and it is not a happy night at the tavern. It is never a happy night at that tavern. Um, it's never sunny in Barovia. Yeah, essentially, I guess I'm asking, like, <laughs> is it is it also going to be the kind of space where people can come and hang out even if they're not gaming? 
Yes, uh, 1000%. That's kind of what I alluded to before uh, going on that tangent. And I can switch tangents however y'all want. There's always That's more how we operate. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I really want to buckle up because here we go. But but yeah, so uh, we also envision it as very much a community space. And, uh, you know, while I know I personally won't have necessarily the time and the resources to uh, to put on all the things that I would love to put on. At the same time, one of the resources that we do have that we can give to people is the the venue and the space. And um, so we we have had, uh, to, to your point, we did have one LARP group ask if they could use this for LARP nights. We've had um, like a professional miniature painter ask if they could do painting classes. Um, I've also talked to, you know, some different podcasts about doing potentially like live shows or meet and greets as well as authors doing book signings. We're interested in all of it. Uh, I want people to, I want it to be a space where things happen. And then also if people just want to hang out because it's a cool, uh, like themed space, which it, it will be, hopefully, I hope it's cool, right? We're designing things right now and, and, oh, it's, it's hard when you can't actually see it. I hope it's cool. I think it is. (laughs) I know we on the show have, have often toyed with ideas of special, like listener events that are gaming focused instead Mm -hmm. of just us like screwing around in a bar with all the listeners, which is fun. Yep. Um, that isn't we, necessarily a poker tournament either. Yeah, right. exactly. Something suited or like more uh, that fits our audience yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So we may be hitting you all up in the. We'll let you all get established first because we have no <laughs> idea what we would do anyway. So I'm like, yeah. we're going to day one, like, here's our proposal. <laughs> Anytime. You know us, we never have a proposal. Uh, Y'all have, have got my email address. I'm the one <laughs> to reach out to for that. Feel free. <laughs> Nice. Uh, what is your title uh, with TPK? Uh, mine is creative director. And so there, there are three of us that are all uh, co-founders, co-owners. It's uh, myself, Elliot Kaplan, and Jess Hardy. And um, when we had the discussion, I was always kind of intended to be the like person that manages the gaming side of the business. But, um, but we kind of solidified that I'm the creative director, Elliot is the CEO, and Jess is the head brewer. And um, I did briefly consider making my job title Dragon Queen, but I I just, (laughs) I still get tempted every now and And then. And you moved away from that? I know, right? It just, I'm like, oh, I should be responsible since I'm the one. If you haven't printed any business cards, go back and change it. That is a a enviable title (laughs) and you should have it. Um, You you. you mentioned your brewer uh, and I was reminded that I, I I read somewhere that on top of the, you know, original campaigns and storytelling that you guys will provide for uh, your patrons, there will also be hopefully themed beers that you will brew specific to these campaigns. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can give you the skinny on that. So we have uh we are going to have six kind of core beers that are always there and then two rotating ones and the rotating ones are always going to tie into the campaign storylines and so um for example for uh this a little bit i haven't talked about this on anything i don't think but the the first storyline oh yeah right actually they can't Uh, get rid of you you're their you're their gm i I was about to say i would be the one who who would get angry about that um (laughs) but uh Yeah, so for the first storyline, for example, I was kind of telling Jess what I had in mind for it, and I described kind of the the starting town, which is a a place called Briar's End, and um, 
you know, it's very hard to, to grow things in the soil because everything there grows kind of desiccated and, and shriveled. And so because of that, a lot of the cuisine there is is heavily spiced or preserved. And Jess took everything that I said and uh, started coming up with a recipe for a, um, like a spiced cherry stout that I think is going to be the first themed beer. And uh, I won't talk about the ones after that, but that, that's kind of how it works. And sometimes it might be based on NPCs or things like that, but um, but that is definitely something we're doing. And fun story, that's actually kind of how the idea for the business originated. Is um, themed beers? Yeah, this is this is before I got involved, but um, you know the the storied version of it is that many years ago. Elliot and Jess met each other. Uh, they became friends. They started playing in the same D&D campaign. And they also learned how to homebrew together. And Jess started homebrewing beers based on their campaign. And so some of her oldest beer recipes are named after like these NPCs and things. Um, and that's when they, they kind of thought at the time, hey, this could be a business. And then a decade later said, hey, let's do it. So they did the thing that we always talk about because I am a home brewer and I name almost all my beers and ciders after characters, storylines. This could be us, but we play in. <laughs> but we play in? Play in. This, I'm going to have to explain the internet to you it, later. It's a yeah. meme. Thank it's you. A meme Remember, I'm yeah. the old Dana now. gets it. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Um, no, that's amazing. I love that you do that. Yes. Uh, the the moral of the story is like these are all great ideas that people can get excited about right and it's not it's also kind of nice to know that it just wasn't us that the idea was valid there's a little Mm -hmm. bit of validation Mm -hmm. in that so that's kind of (laughs) nice yeah well I I get that 100% Um, so how are people able to start? I know, I know you had a crowd uh, crowdsourcing campaign. <clears throat> I was really bummed because it launched during a period where I had no money because <laughs> I kept seeing, I was like, Oh, I want to back this. Um, but are people, are, are people going to be able as you open to sign up for the beginning of this campaign or has that yes. been kind of locked in from the crowdsourcing folks? No, it's absolutely not locked in. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, cause um, just for posterity, for posterity, I'm neurodivergent. Uh, I'm I'm far too transparent about everything, and I just love to to say what's up. So um, the thing with the crowdfunder, and it was it was really successful. We we're very lucky. Um, but you know, the whole prequel adventure book for it was like all the stuff like that that we came up for it. Mm-hmm. That was uh, really because it needed to have um, like a main product that people were were backing. But the real reason that we did the crowdfunder was to get um, like pre-subscriptions to the campaign so we'd know how many staff to hire. Oh, that's, that's smart. smart. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's kind of the secret sauce is now we know how many people uh, have, have signed up. We're going to hire uh, our number of GMs based on that. And then, of course, there'll be more signups. And at that point, if we need more, we can higher more without being like grossly off of the number that we need. Okay. Uh, We know a lot of uh, GMs and DMs. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would be the process if they were interested in 
uh, yes, that's, that's uh, most of the direct messages that we get are people asking that same question. And so the, the best answer that I can give is uh, we haven't started hiring at all yet. The, the best way to stay informed is to go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. The website is tpkbrewing.com mm -hmm. uh, because once we post those jobs, we'll absolutely be sending a newsletter out about it to everyone that's signed up. And then it's, it's just a matter of um, like, Jess will be doing most of the hiring for the brewing side. I will be doing most of the hiring for the gaming side. And we haven't defined exactly what that looks like yet, but probably there will be um, an initial interview. And then I'm probably going to have them run a game for us as like a test game. And, and I'm going to pay them to do it. Um, and th that's kind of what it looks like. But, uh, but yeah, Portland has a, has a really vibrant kind of professional GM community. So I'm really looking forward to the caliber of, of game masters that we're going to hopefully get. That it does. And there are a lot of them that set a very high <laughs> bar. <laughs> I I have a I have a potentially awkward question. Um, Please do it. <laughs> what is your contingency plan to deal with the thing that is the bane of existence for all RPGs, and that is, oh, I can't make it tonight. Ah, uh, okay. No, that's that's perfect. So, um, okay. So, uh, like I said, people are going to subscribe for this game. I actually, it's interesting because we sent out a survey to all the people that did sign up um, and got some answers that I w wasn't expecting six months ago. Uh, Cause I expected people to kind of, I expected most people to come with full parties and kind of be, be ready to go. And um, we have not, not one full party signed up. And so first of all, we're going to kind of pair people based on their availability Um those kind of paired parties will probably last for a storyline and might change over subsequent storylines unless they request to stay together. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they, we're going to get each group on kind of a consistent night every other week. But mm -hmm. if anyone can't make it, we're also going to be running makeup games um, probably like one one day a week for anyone who wasn't able to make their their group session for whatever reason to mm -hmm. um to come and and kind of pug and the great thing is that it works in the lore of the setting really really well because all the players are members of a sort of adventurers guild type of organization called the layfarers and so it's very easy to to have the the chapter kind of assemble a team and ask them to to do the next thing thank you cool I, i'm impressed that you have an answer for this which says a lot about the preparation that that you have put into putting all of this together. So oh, we've asked so many impressive. of these questions. <laughs> that is so impressive. Uh, it opened up a new question that I now have is um, a lot of DMs will sort of give their players homework, like maybe, maybe a little bit of um, character development, you know, role-playing stuff after hours out of the group, maybe like, on discords or even in text messaging it's not just you cable <laughs> it's not just you trust me oh my 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 game masters do that to me don't you worry uh so i was curious i'm like is that is it going to be an experience that only happens when you're when everyone is in the building or is it going to be a little bit more connected uh between sessions yeah um that's not something i i could see it being like that very much i don't have a plan for it because that falls under what I've loosely kind of been been just calling the X factor is all the things that 
I can't plan for. But mm-hmm. I very much want, despite the fact that we have these storylines in this setting, um, I, I want all of our game masters to be really familiar with like all of their players and work their those character backstories and things into the adventure. I want it to be I want it to be character focused and character centric. Uh, it's just very hard to plan for that. So it would not surprise me at all if things like that happened, especially um, especially for the groups that were more invested in things like role playing. Which, based mm-hmm. on our survey, it looks like that's a really uh, big draw <laughs> for a lot of folks. So I'm excited because that's one of my favorite things. But um, but yeah, I don't have a solid answer, but that perfectly reasonable. And then also, um, one of the things I say in a lot of the spaces where I talk about it is that the setting is post-cataclysmic. The world has has changed and been broken. And so part of the mission of all of the player characters is to explore and document the changed world. And mm-hmm. so um, there are going to be ways to engage in between those sessions, uh, including, uh, and I haven't decided exactly what platform this is going to be on yet, but including a kind of player-led wiki where people can uh, share information. Uh, for example, all of our monsters are original. They will likely never see their stat blocks, um, at least for you know three months uh, after they're they're used. And then, um, but they might encounter a monster, not figure out everything, but say, hey, it kind of had a vulnerability to fire, and we figured that out. So they might share that, tag <laughs> it on a map, and then other people that are exploring that area can kind of see that or build off of it. Um, people can you know, exchange messages, work on things. And that's also built into the lore. Um, the Layfarers have a means of, of communicating between parties just because I knew people would do it anyway. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I just, I really want people to get excited about, you know, sharing that information, doing their, if, if it's the type of person that takes notes and wants to do their in-character report out, I want them to, to share that. And I want the community to be excited for it. And then uh, long-term, uh, I also have a concept uh, right now that I'm just calling mysteries, which are some of the very old things in the setting um, might have puzzles with pieces in in different parts of the world that will require coordination between like multiple groups of people to um, kind of figure out. And they're all going to be optional, but solving them might unlock some original player options for the entire player base. Cool, man! I'm very excited about this. I'm I'm genuinely intrigued. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also got really quiet because while everybody was talking, I I went to your crowdsource paint and bought the book. So <laughs> thank I you. I went to the Instagram. It's like very you can high. still buy this. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go okay. buy it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, it still comes with the the free mini too for the time being. Um, so that's exciting. I just I uh, put in the mini. order for those. I'm horrible at painting, but I love my minis. <laughs> oh, same, same. I can't get my hand still on the tiny detail. Uh, I, I tell you what, I love painting monsters because I can usually do it in like three or four colors. Mm-hmm. But I, I have not painted like a like a character, <laughs> and I'm not sure I want to because they have so many little fiddly bits. Oh, they do. Yeah, they really do. They do. I've <laughs> I've painted exactly one mini, and it was my own character, and. Uh, Yes. All, is that baby? Is that stabby baby? Stabby baby. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a great character name. <laughs> uh, that's her nickname, right? That's her nickname, yes, because uh, she was a, a halfling rogue. Uh, and, you know, she was the smallest one in the party. 
We we found her the way she got introduced to our game, the way how the way like Denise got into our path that 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 time a Pathfinder game, is our as our DM basically said like we're gonna find her. She's been locked up in a cell, and I played a dwarf, and a friend of mine played a dwarves, and we were very bombastic, and I think like her character stuck her hand out from under like the cell, mm-hmm. and we're like they've trapped a baby. Look, it's so tiny. Who imprisons a baby? And then we hear, I'm not a baby. Baby that can talk. <laughs> and then it was on from there. Uh, that combined Love with that. my like, vicious sneak attack, uh, like triple combo yeah. shit. Um, th- that name stuck. That nickname stuck the whole rest of that campaign, which was like a solid five years. Yeah. Well, and some of them just still just call you that. Yes. Nope. <laughs> this, is, this is one of my many nicknames now. <laughs> Steady and that's what D is all about. <laughs> Nicknames that stick with you RPGs. for years. Mm-hmm. Yep. We we definitely have some character names that have become real world nicknames over the years. <laughs> it's just it's just part of the fun, you know. Like it's mm-hmm. a a good a good campaign is is something that you can reminisce about, like you know, all these good times or great adventures that you had, as though they had really happened to you. Yeah, that's some of the my favorite parts about role playing is. Like I've I've got a friend I've known since kindergarten, and we will reference things that like when we were in high school gaming, and we we talk about it like it was something that really happened. We were really there, kind of thing. And I feel like RPGs in general is the only thing that has that. Um, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I I think so. I mean, like, ah, people... look, see, he just laughed at it. He's in the <laughs> chat right now. Uh, like people get really excited about sports and like remember certain games and plays and things that happened, but it's not you. Like maybe you and your friends saw it and it's meaningful to you in that way, but you weren't participating in yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a little. I don't want to. I don't want to like diminish. No, I get sports, it. I understand. But to me, it feels like you know, like a deeper connection. Yeah. No. It 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 definitely is. Um. That's why I think sometimes, and you know, feel free to chime in on this. I feel like. That's a stage that every gamer has to get to. I think I feel like everyone who comes to it is first because they're curious about it. And then they're really nervous about playing their character because it's it's a vulnerable place to mm-hmm. be. And until you realize that as a rule, at least in my experience, that the gaming table is a pretty safe and sacred space, it takes a while for those new players to open up a little bit. If but then were- once they do, like it's it becomes an important aspect to them. If you're with the right players, it's definitely a safe space yes. where you can explore not only who your character is, but who you are. Yeah. Which I think is why the RPG landscape is what it is right now, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Right. Well <laughs> said. Well said. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really true. Um, it, it, I just do not remember, and maybe it was like the crowds I used to run in uh, as a a teen or, you know, in Phoenix, but it just seems like everyone in, everyone plays uh, role-playing games now, but it it just, it just didn't used to be a thing in the same way. Like when I was in high school, I didn't know anyone who played. It's like magic players. I can guarantee, like when I was a kid. We didn't have magic. We had D and D, and we were the weird kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I there was were a... a few of you, right? There was not that many. No, no, I was. 
in my hometown, I was king of the weird kids. <laughs> yeah, my my experience was uh, very similar. Like those of us that played, that was our group. Um, and then, you know, in in my case, it was the the late nineties. So there was also the World of Darkness group that we kind mm-hmm. of <laughs> didn't associate with. But um... <laughs> it's because they're but, extra. Yeah. I used to beat in high school. I was the I played D anD D. But I also ran, yeah, a World of Darkness campaign. And not to say disparaging, I love them all. They tend to be a little extra. And <laughs> we, I, we did get into it a little later. It's Who has it's been that way? Yeah. And, and where does uh, Vampire the Masquerade fall in that yeah. That's World of Darkness. That's World of oh, Darkness. gotcha. That's, yeah. Yep. yeah. Clearly, I've never played that game. Yeah. Yep. It, it, I almost would be afraid to play that with you. I feel I'm like not that strong a role player. I think you'd eventually get into it because I there's a lot it. of like power structure and like I don't know. I think it I think it would grab something within you that you'd get really excited about. I don't think I I'm not sure I like what you're saying about me right now, friend. Just saying. <laughs> so And everyone's usually sexy, like their characters are. Oh yeah. You know? All right, well, you're all right vampires. I'm in. <laughs> you're supposed to That's be true. Sexy. <laughs> um, but you know, sexy is also a state of mind, as yeah, we have learned from dark shadows. No, what 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 do we do in the shadows? That's what that's right. Talking. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of games, uh, I was curious what's the what's the long term plan in terms of these campaigns? You said that uh, these are going to be three month campaigns um and presumably you'll you know you'll do that campaign for a for a longish period of time so that you can rotate in different people who want the opportunity to play that story um but what's what's beyond that horizon yeah so storylines take place in in three month uh intervals and then uh so we have four storylines per per year uh but the campaign just keeps going the world is persistent um, you know, people obviously don't have to play for the entire time, but their their character exists in the world and they can kind of play when they want or or not. And um, the hope is really just to have a living setting. Uh, I don't know, you know, hopefully it, it keeps going for a very long time. I can't really predict that. But um, when I designed the size of the world, I, I found myself thinking, I want this to take at least 20 years to explore, uh, just in case. And uh, <laughs> at the end of that, we, we'd have to see. But um, That's a safe amount of time. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're planning for 20, that <clears throat> gives you that much time to like think about whatever comes after that. Mm-hmm. that. That said, the only things I really have planned are... Um, like in more detail sooner and then progressively less detail. I only have like three years of, of content kind of named. I'm sure more stuff will, will come to you as, as things happen, right? Like once. Oh, and I'm, I'm, yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm sure I'll also just pivot um, multiple times. I know the first year especially is, is going to have a lot of learning experiences for us as we kind of figure out what works and what doesn't work in this format. Uh, but I, I'm excited. Well, and like, I think and if there's one thing that a, that a GM can count on is, is having to pivot because your players did the exact opposite of what you wanted them to do. 
Yeah, and that's and that, and that whole like that whole story arc that you spent so much time developing is out the window. Right. And as a oh. um <laughs> as as a DM, like my style is very much that way is um for my own campaigns, I I consider myself more of a sandbox DM. I kind of follow the players. I do introduce stories, but they're it's always about the player characters. And so there there are some challenges with kind of marrying the scope of, of what we're trying to do at TPK with um, some of the things that I really like about being able to do that, but we'll, we'll find a sweet spot. That sounds great. Um, to get technical, what uh, system is all of this running in? Um, it's to start, it's going to be Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Okay. Um, it, after the the OGL fiasco, uh, one of the survey questions did ask about that, and uh, an overwhelming number of of people that answered the survey still said specifically they wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. So um, so that's the plan. We're going to stick with Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we considered also offering it in Pathfinder, but then the the that creates a lot of complications. Um, in, in a shared universe like this one. So mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to stick with the one system. And then when when Wizards switches to one D&D, we're going to have to assess whether or not to switch. Um, and that's a decision I expect to make uh, down the line. Certainly not when it's first published, but uh, some amount of time after that, after we kind of see how it looks. Sure. Yeah, and hopefully if, if Wizards learned, or if Hasbro <clears throat> learned their lesson, really... Um, Wizards also needs to do some learning. Yeah, I am hoping that even though it'll be a quasi-new system, if they're smart, one D and D will be very backwards compatible. To fight, I think. I think that's the plan. Um, that's what I think too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and it, depending on how compatible it is, if it's if it's highly compatible, that also opens up interesting possibilities. Yeah, yeah, I know that for the the main two weeks of the OGL fiasco, uh, everyone at Guardian had to become experts in every other game system that was out there so that we could talk about what other things that players might be interested in. Same. Yeah, I I fortunately fell immediately back on the the Powered by the Apocalypse since that's the game that I'm running. I'm like, I love this system. It's great. Do this. Um, And I just told people, play any system except GURPS. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> don't, Sorry, don't. I've got it. It's my unhealthy loathing of GURPS ever since I was like 13 years old. Well, we, I have talked multiple times on here as my personal feelings, not the not the feelings of Guardian Games. Yes. So spoiler, or not spoilers, uh, full transparency, I'm also an assistant manager here at Guardian Games. So I have to be very clear of when this is my opinion and when it's the opinion of the store. Um, so this is my opinion. I hate Steve Jackson games because I find Steve Jackson to be a homophobe and that's not okay. It's like, yeah, I, when he's not, when Steve Jackson is not part of Steve Jackson games, then I'll, I'll reassess. But I didn't know that. that that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Cable did that. Like I had quit playing Munchkin for a while, but if someone had it, I was like, yeah, I'll play. But now I'm, yeah. Cable is like, Whoa. it, yeah. Off air, I'll give you a full spiel. Like I feel like off air, air, you we we can have a longer conversation about other things because I also want to know 
Are you partnering with any game stores in town? Are you partnering with all the game stores in town? Um, that's a that's also a big question. Uh, we we have kind of a lot of plans for collaborations uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of different businesses have reached out. Not a ton of game stores. Uh, we don't. Uh, we don't have any plans currently for for like an ongoing partnership, but we'd be very open to one. Um, I'd love to talk about that. All right, uh, I I'm just the person to talk to about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So we'll... we we can take that uh, offline, yeah. but we'll we'll yep. want to involve there Elliot are... for that one. Yeah. There are also great. people on this show that have actually done beer and cider collaborations with local brewers too. So you know, if ever down the road. That would want to be something fun too. Now we're just pitching ourselves. We, we've sh- had one person approach us for that. That um, is is more of a, a games company that that was interested in potentially doing like a like a beer collaboration. I think that's fantastically interesting, and I, I think mm-hmm. Jess is, of course, very down for that. She loves coming up with with thematic beers. Yeah, no, it's it's very fun to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of collaborations, uh, Brad, uh, listener Brad, was curious about um, your partnership with Hapa Barcada. Oh, the... yeah. How um, did that? Tell us about that. Yeah, Hapa Barcada is amazing. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, it is the combination of of two uh, food food carts, um, Barcada PDX and Hapa Howie's. Uh, which are owned by Melvin Trinidad and Kiaha Curic, respectively. Um, the the first is uh, Filipino, and the 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 latter is a Hawaiian food cart. And so, um, obviously, as a brewery, we needed either food in the space, or we needed to um, have uh, food available. Like a lot of the early locations that we looked at were in mm-hmm. neighborhoods with uh, food cart pods, and um, all we knew was that none of us wanted to run a restaurant, and so we needed <laughs> another partnership. And so, um, so, so, yeah, that was definitely a few different things were considered. But uh, once uh, I can't even remember how it came about, but once we started talking about it with them, um, that became it, it really obviously what. Uh, what we wanted to do and we're, we're really excited to do, but uh, they'll be uh, using our kitchen space. It'll be technically a separate business, but as a, as a visitor to our venue, you, you won't be able to tell that. Um, but they're, they're their own business. They're going to be um, making a, a new menu. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I've, I've had, I've had some of, some of the food that they've been experimenting with. Is it going to be Hawaiian Filipino or is it yes. going to be okay? Yeah, Not it's going to be also RPG themed. Um right, it's going to be uh Hawaiian Filipino. There I can't speak to the final menu. I'm I'm pretty far removed from it, but uh you can bet there's going to be lumpia. I'm betting there's going to be some kind of musubi. Um there were some really delicious like sliders okay. and other things oh. that they <laughs> that I got the chance to try at our, at our tasting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna fit within those, those types of, of cuisine. And then, um, you know, as, as, uh, it, between, uh, their style of food and our style of beer, we're also going to have, uh, like some shandies and things, uh, with like tropical fruits and flavors. I'm, um, 
I'm sorry. I was giggling at the uh, the comment from. Uh, I'm assuming this is uh, Elliot, Elliot, your CEO. Oh, that said that is that is Elliot on Instagram and slid into those DMs. <laughs> that see that that sounds right. Uh, I mean, that's Elliot, how things get done in this town. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. As our CEO, Elliot is uh, in charge of our marketing. Uh, I do some of it, but Elliot does the vast majority of it. And um, and that totally makes sense. Uh, yeah. Elliot also, uh, also Elliot. <laughs> yeah, hello. Uh, a lot of our partnerships. So, um, I obviously the the baby finally got put down, and he can join us. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Um, I think that's all the questions I had. Um, if the if the listeners want to throw anything else out there before uh, before we do our final wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm, is there a, a tangent you were just itching to get to? No, I'll so, I'll talk about anything y'all want to talk about. I I, I would definitely say it, please check out their website and then follow the link to their um, crowdfunder page mm-hmm. um, because you can still contribute, can, can still get things. As Aaron pointed out, he, he bought a book live on yeah. the air. I bought yeah. a book. We've uh, uh, we've removed that. certain options that were were kind of time limited. Um, for for example, some of the some of the lifetime memberships and like the the custom oh. mugs and things we took off, but uh, we we only sold one lifetime membership, but um, uh, which was surprising as well. But uh, what I was saying is, you can still still get the book. You can get all kinds of shirts and and coasters and things, pins, um, still fun stuff. But yeah, if you go to our website, we also have embedded on it kind of a um, under 10 minute introduction video that just kind of talks about the business and has, uh, you know, not just me talking, but also Elliot and Jess. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I'd love if people would just like watch that. It'll give you a much better idea. Um, it actually like is a very comprehensive video and it answers a lot of questions. So, And, and I'm very impressed with, uh, with our video editor for that. His name is Trucky, and he did amazing work, like getting like the drone footage and everything. Uh, Elliot has also posted that Hapa Barcada is soft launching the menu at Hapa Howie's food cart this Thursday. Uh, that would be uh, March 9th mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who's interested in stopping by. Awesome. We get a, get a little sprinkling of what's what's going to be available. I know. I may have to go there. Mm. 100%. I'm going to go there. I'd love to know what's going to be on the menu. <laughs> Oh wait, we're already going to do be doing an RPG at that time. Um, I think it might be for a few nice. days. Not but if you day. if you look up Hapa Barcada on social media, they definitely have all the info on it. Uh, it might be like a multi day thing. I'm not totally sure. That that would make sense. And yeah. check them out anyway because their food looks freaking delicious. Yeah, it does. it's delicious. I mean, it's Hawaiian and Filipino. What could possibly go wrong? Ooh, those <laughs> right. are three different types of masubis. All right, I'm going. to <laughs> All right, now we're just going to be talking about. Food. I know. Now uh, Dana, before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners? Uh, any other projects that you're working on? Gosh, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's all the main stuff. We already even plugged the website. Uh, other things I'm I'm working on besides TPK, um, bunch of Pathfinder stuff just got announced within the last five days. Notably, uh, Lost Omens Tian Sha was announced yes. for uh, end of this year, early 2024. Uh, oh I wrote God. for both the character guide and the world guide and the cool. adventure path season of ghosts. So uh, got a 
gotta plug that. It's gonna be amazing. I'm really proud of all the work that uh, happened on that project. And then in the in the nearer term, you know, I think the next book that's coming out is at the end of this month, which is Firebrands. Um, I wrote for that one too, so y'all should check that one out. Nice. Uh, that's all. That's all I got. Oh, and of course the the League of Ultimate Questing. Uh, like you said, that's that's our podcast. I'm in season two. And uh, it's a very, very fun actual play podcast. Um, cool. It is. I've already listened to a couple episodes. I have too. Yeah. Oh, just... thank you. It's it's very amusing. the 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 premise is that it's um, it is a world where questing is a major league sport, complete with in world sports commentary <laughs> and fake advertisements. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a couple times, a few times per episode, you'll you know cut from the main action and then hear hear commentators. <laughs> kind of tell everyone how we messed up and then bring some some very funny ads it's got some really fun like dodgeball vibes (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome and and, uh, that's how uh how elliot and jess found you in the first place that is they were looking for a gaming partner uh one of their friends was a listener suggested um checking me out and and they did and i fortunately had the the skill set that they were looking for which I like to say I do none of those things, you know, the best, but it is it is a wide range of things that that I have experience in and it was the right fit. Three cheers for neurodivergency. Right, right. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, they they wanted someone with uh, you know, business marketing background, uh as well as like publishing experience, paid GMing experience, uh like production experience for like podcasts and things. And I'm like, oh, I've done a little bit of all of that. And, um, and it, it's a good position for me to kind of run the ship and hopefully hire people that are individually better at several of those things than I am. That, that will be great. I think that it's you perfect. are perfectly placed. Yep. <laughs> well, we are super excited to, to see when uh, TPK will finally be opening. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in the meantime, we will we will check you out uh, at the League of Ultimate Questing. Yeah, and definitely go to the TPK webpage. You can sign up for their newsletter. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that would be the one thing that I'd recommend. Is definitely sign up for our newsletter. We don't we don't spam anybody. We just um, really give uh, updates on the construction and uh, occasionally the Kickstarter and um, eventually when when jobs are posted. Woohoo! Maybe I'll apply. You should. Uh, why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not Sorry, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Why not Zoidberg? I know. My brain's like, think of fun quotes now. Go. It's shiny. But yeah, Dana, thank you so much for popping on the show. We had a blast chatting with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a, a ton of fun. Um, yeah, just thank you. Cool. Thanks we'll, a lot. We'll definitely talk to you more again in the future once uh, TPK is open for business. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd love that. You're never gonna get rid of us. Yeah, you're stuck now. Oh no, it's it's great. I'll be there like basically every day. Just just come over. <laughs> oh, you say that. I live li- pretty close, so you know, you're like, oh man, here comes Duran again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what no one thinks that. No one thinks <laughs> just you in your head. I know. It's the worst place to be. <laughs> All right. All right, Dana, thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Zoidberg is eternal. I know. 
Awkward. And, and thank you also, Elliot, for popping into the chat too. Yes. Yeah. Totally. That was great to have extra, extra, extra input. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it it also like it, it's again one of those little invisible things where you get to see the support of the people that you're working with mm-hmm. when they show up for the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Like it makes sense to do that from a business standpoint, but that is not always the way business people think. Right. But it is. Like it tells you what kind of a business person they are and what they think of the people that they are working with. And the fact that Elliot pops in just in the chat while uh, like his, the co-owner of the business that he's working with is, you know, doing this. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. That says a lot. So. And I, we definitely would have reached out to them anyway, but if I'm remembering correctly, uh, our mutual friend uh, Lee of Barreled Bee and mm-hmm. Distilling, I think she dropped me a line a while ago saying like, hey, one of my brewer friends is opening a and d tavern with gaming. Do you want to talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. Oh, Elliot says do. that this was super fun uh, to be a part of while sipping a beer in his living room, not on camera. Yep. Oh, that, that, yeah. That's, that's, the good, that's the good guest spot if you can get it. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think we had someone on. Oh, it's when we had Lee on. Um, oh, and she wasn't on camera. She specifically said, do I have to be on camera? Because she'd already put in like a 14-hour day. And she's like, y'all, I reek of Bloody Mary mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. She's like, it got into everything. Yep. <laughs> She might have allegedly, before starting the show, just pounded some of her canned gin and tonics. Allegedly. 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 There is no proof of this. I do remember she said, oh, these aren't for you. This is for me. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I, I was sore disappointed in that. Yeah. But, you know, she needed it more. Yeah. I do want to mention uh, about TPK that uh, there have been several uh, Guardian employees that have been tracking mm-hmm. uh, their development. Because nice. that's that's how I knew about them in the first place. Ah, okay. Someone went, someone's doing this thing. I'm like, oh, really? They're getting a lot of traction. And then They've I looked been at, on like OPB. And... Yeah, well, this has been over. This has been a year ago. That, yeah, that, that this mm-hmm. was brought up on my radar. It's like okay, because I I knew who it was because they they brought it up. And it's like oh, it's going to be right here. I'm like, I have friends that live two blocks from where that's at. Mm-hmm. We all have friends who live two blocks from where that's at. I'm not exactly oh, yeah. two blocks, but I'm. Yeah, you're. you're I used to be street. two, clo- two yep. blocks. Yep, I can literally say just over the hill. Yep. Yeah. I'm. Lo- I'm looking at places in that neighborhood. So it was definitely one of those. What it's like possibly okay. go wrong. You and I within walking distance again. Yeah. Oh, of, no. of, a, of an oh, RPG themed no. tavern. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, I think I, that's good. Yeah, I look forward to talking to them more once the place is open. Yeah, for uh, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and our our future beer collaborations. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, Jess is gonna be so sick of us. <laughs> if any, is if also two blocks the... away, he, so you all can be neighbors. Woo hoo! like if any of the three of them is gonna be like, oh god, here they come again. It's probably gonna be Jess. Right. I don't know why I've just decided that. Sure, that sounds good. So, so sorry in advance. Um, and yeah, I am, I'm going to reach out on behalf of Guardian tomorrow. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. 
You know, what if what if a player forgets their their dice? You know, and that buy we, buy some dice on site. We have been sponsoring. Oh, fuck! I just realized I have to finish paperwork on something. Oops. We have <laughs> like we like they mentioned Goblin Up at uh, Wayfair. Mm-hmm. Like we've been sponsoring them. They, oh, cool! One of the DMs that uh, uh, DMs for them has DM'd for Kids Camp here for years. Mm. Um, that's Max Hobbs of uh, uh, Help Action Network. Um, which is a, a collective of DMs here in town. And so, yeah, like he reached out and said, hey, I'm DMing this thing. Can you donate stuff? I'm like, well, yes, of course we can. Yeah. Please have please have your people reach out to our people so that we can do even more. Also, really quick congrats to TPK and their head brewer. They had one of their uh, beers debuted at Shebrew last week. Oh, oh that's excellent. fantastic. This is the first Shebrew I've missed in a few years because it was the same weekend as Emerald City Comic Con. I... Would really have liked to have gone, but uh, road trip. Yep, we all had basically jobs that required us to do certain things. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. Well, with that, we should wrap up the show. Uh, st- uh, keep sending us your um, like real play games you want us to try out. We have some in the you know in mind, but if there's ones you'd like us to try, let us know because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that a good chance Monopoly, that, Game of Life, or Clue. We, yeah, and can be relatively done in 90 minutes. Yeah. Operation. Yeah. So, like, none of you, <laughs> none of you jokesters recommend fucking Arkham Horror. Like, stop it. Take us the whole show to set the game up. <laughs> it we, would. We, and we get some mileage yeah. out of that. You know, like three mm-hmm. games. In. Someone did rec- recommend the Battlestar Galactica game, which I quite love, but I think it's out of print. So I feel like playing it would be a dick move. It is super out of print. Yeah. We don't have a copy of it. We don't have access to it. Yeah. I, I'm not paying $300 for it. Right. So I think it was Brad who recommended it. Good call. That actually is a very solid game. And I remember yep. having a lot of fun playing it. Mm. Yep. Especially when I was a secret Cylon and them fools somehow gave me both the Admiralty and the Presidency. We're not playing Elder Sign. See, <laughs> this one's yours. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> that is the shortest of the Arkham Horror games. It is. It's still not too long to play <laughs> in a podcast. That's true. Um, unless that is all that we do of the podcast. Yes, Dana Max is amazing. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of Max. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, For reals. I'm Aaron Duran. See, I'm I said be- it. I said it wrong again. I'm Bina Rita. And I'm Cable Hajitani. We will speak to everybody next week. Bye bye. Oh, look, Max is also on LUQ. Ooh, what? Ooh. Yay.